0: Block Talk Radio
1: Blood Talk Radio This is the Light of Truth Radio Broadcast with Michael Boldea
0: Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am your host, Michael Baldia, and as always, it is a pleasure to be here. It is a humbling honor. It is good to be with you, and thank you for taking the time to listen to my rants, to my musings, to to whatever it is we'll be discussing today. Uh, As has become customary, uh, whenever we are recording the broadcast, I have a tendency of letting you know because it's only fair. Uh, Some people um, like to to, to weasel out of telling the truth by saying, portions of this broadcast were pre-recorded. No, this whole thing was pre-recorded, but it was pre-recorded February the 11th. 2021, which is, coincidentally enough, uh, the day that it will air. So uh, it's not as though you're getting stale bread by any means. Nay, nay. Uh, You are getting fresh-baked, hot out of the oven, uh, steaming deliciousness. Um, So here we are. Uh, It's been three weeks. I'm going to keep count how many weeks it's been uh, because, It's only fair. Uh, The other side did that to to us when um, the big orange man won elections. So uh, it's only fair. Now, uh, given – and this is one of the things that today's Christian just doesn't understand. We're going to get into uh, an article that says uh, a Newsweek columnist says that Donald Trump is making him rethink his Christianity – if that's all it took, then, Bob, you were never a Christian to begin with. I kid you not. People are losing their minds. And you know what? You, you can't blame the big orange man anymore. He's off in Mar-a-Lago tanning himself or you know, playing gin rummy with uh, his uh, 17-foot-tall son. I don't know. The point is, everything that is happening and that is going to happen and that is about to happen in this country – uh, cannot be blamed on the man that is no longer in office. Because I'm hearing rumblings of Iranians. Uh, that means people from Iran getting caught at the border uh, in, in groups, in packs, uh, And I guarantee you they weren't coming over to go to Disney World or Disneyland unless it was to blow it up, because, uh, well... Um, they they don't like Mickey Mouse, so if they caught a handful of these groups, my assumption and presumption is that at least a handful of them got through, because one of the first thing this uh, well illuminated administration did when it came to power was uh, cut down on border security, uh, which which spells disaster. I. I'm going to hire someone at some point to go back through all the radio programs and cut out snippets of things I said, and when I said them so that you understand contextually, I saw this coming, and you should have too. Um, I, I think 12 months is a long time, but within 12 months, Uh, we're we're going to see some devastating things within the borders of these United States because when you project weakness, uh, the predators um, begin to lick their chops. It's no coincidence that no Iranians were caught trying to cross the border as long as the big orange man was in office. Uh, But the moment that uh, Mr. Robinette Biden... Shakily took the oath of office with Kamala Harris waiting in the wings, smiling to herself, thinking, look at this decrepit old man. He going to die soon and I'm going to be president. Uh, So, yeah, once that happened, you started seeing movement from, uh, oh, let's call them unfriendly nations. You started seeing uh, more and more of their uh, countrymen. Uh, being apprehended at the border. But, hey, fear not. We're doing away with border apprehensions. So, you know, now nobody's going to get caught at the border anymore. Now, I don't want to get all gloomy again. It's This is, this is going to be the way of life. And before – all right, I'm going to talk about something else first, and then we're going to get into the idea that – because I've seen it uh, by some people that I thought knew better – who who really believed that Donald Trump was supposed to be some savior of these United States. The only reason that we got Donald Trump for four years was as a respite to judgment. It was an overtime. Uh, It was something that God graciously and mercifully allowed. We got four years, not because a big orange man that used to build uh, skyscrapers was going to save America. We got four years— so that we might repent. We got four years so that we might turn to God. We got four years so that the church... I'm not talking about the world. A lot of people assume that when I talk about repentance and getting right with God and righteousness and holiness unto God, I'm talking about the world. No! I know! It's astounding, isn't it? I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. This this, this hypocritical, quasi Spiritual, I build my own God and worship it. Therefore, I'm entitled to enter heaven. Sort of American Christianity that has spawned over the course of the last 30 years the the, the Paula White and Pat Robertson sort of Christianity, the, the the Benny Hinn sort of Christianity, the Beth Moore sort of Christianity. You know the kind of Christianity where well you know, you can believe whatever you want to believe, and you can do whatever you want to do, as long as you send in your faithful tithe check. The Lord, yes, indeed, the Lord shall expunge all of thine sins, even though you've not repented of them. Sorry, just because we're America, we're not deserving of grace. Just because we're America, we're not deserving of blessing. And Just because we're America, we're not deserving of forgiveness if we have not humbled ourselves, if we have not bowed before the throne, if we have not repented. And, you know, sorry, we haven't. That's the reality of it. But back to uh, a, a little moment of levity, because we all need that nowadays. And look, you have to stay joyous. You have to stay happy because the joy that you have is not tethered in things even though you will likely have a lot less of those things shortly uh because you know you can't feed the world without paying for it and who gonna pay for it uh you the american taxpayer and i I, and look well what would you have them do Starve. Uh, no, but if you live in Ecuador, if you live in Brazil, if you live in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, uh, I'm sure you could plant some corn and you can plant some veggies. The people that are trying to come here right now, these, these caravans of the woeful, aren't coming here because they're starving. They're coming here because they realize that the getting's good in America. And I know, oh my goodness, Michael, I always knew, I always knew you were heartless. Please, please, Beth Moore fan, stop, stop clutching your pearls. No, I'm not heartless. We sent hundreds of millions of dollars to these countries, billions even, to help their citizenry. It's coming out of the taxpayer coffers. And these countries take all that money, and they still allow these caravans to form and come to the U.S. border and then cross it. Somebody's going to have to pay for it. I know, well, we can afford it. Can we? Can we? Can we? I know, bath more math. We can afford it, but we can't. Because we're, what, 30, 40? We lost count of how many trillions of dollars we are in debt as a nation so let's let's not pretend we can afford it and speaking as someone who came from a third world country when i was young i would wager that most of the people trying to cross don't know how to work indoor plumbing i grew up till the age of nine guess what no indoor plumbing Rain or shine, snow or sleet, you had to go outside to the backyard, do your business. There was no flushy-flushy. There weren't any wet wipes. Old newspaper. Uh Uh-huh. And these people are coming from similar situations, so if you have an influx of, Of millions of people that, never mind, don't know how to read and write. But don't know the basic functions of a restroom. How are they going to be what uh, some people call uh, beneficial to society? Asking for a friend. But back to the moment of levity. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned in passing uh, that when I was a kid, I wanted to be a ninja. Uh, Now, seeing as some of my listening audience uh, uh, has the sensibility of a teenager, I've been getting packages uh, of uh, fart ninjas, uh, I got a DVD of Beverly Hills Ninja in the mail yesterday. Uh, so uh, thank you to whoever's sending them. Uh, I, I enjoyed the coffee cup. I'm actually drinking from it right now. Uh, hilarious. But in hindsight, I should have probably said I wanted to be a millionaire. I don't know how to, what you would have done with that one. Uh, but it's, I'm, it's good that we can stay happy. It's good that we can have laughter. It's good that we can have moments of levity because uh, the darkness has only begun to descend. Understand that. The darkness has only begun to descend. We are not anywhere near peak darkness, kids. Now, all these, these executive orders and all these laws and all these things that are being rushed and implemented would only serve to further fill the cup of God's wrath because the things that are being passed are antithetical to biblical doctrine. They're antithetical to the Word of God. They're antithetical to the truth. And a nation cannot codify the murder of children. A nation cannot codify hedonism. A nation cannot codify perversion into law and still think for a second that it has remained within the good graces of Almighty God. I'm sorry, that just doesn't happen. And today we're also going to get into two different things that I wrote recently that I, they, 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 they had mixed feedback because, look, I, and I understand. There, there are some that are still clinging to the hope that America is a rising phoenix that will once more ascend to the hilltop of, of, of holiness and righteousness. All evidence points to the contrary. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but all evidence points to the contrary. We are codifying into law things that will be used sooner rather than later, is my belief, to persecute the church. Uh, because that's always the devil's end game. That's always what the devil wants to do no matter how he goes about it. Even if it's in a roundabout way, guess what? Devil's desire, devil's intent, devil's purpose, consistently. 100% of the time, the destruction of the household of faith. Now granted, the church has done a really good job of destroying itself. I'm not going to contradict that point. The church has done an amazing job of shooting itself in the foot, of walking away from truth, of walking away from light, of just sitting there and staring at its navel, waiting for the rapture, because I'm starting to see that again now. Well, any day now, get ready, pack your bags, glory, glory, Jesus coming. Read your Bible. No, don't read left behind, read your Bible. Honestly, if you want my opinion, you should burn the Left Behind series, because it taught people lunacy, idiocy, unbiblical things. Granted, the Left Behind series never claimed to be gospel, never claimed to be a a, a theological text, but people took it as such. And I'm having to have theological discussions with people whose foundation is the left-behind series. How how do we proceed? How do we get past that? How do we come together and and, and try to forge a path forward as brothers in Christ when I bring my Bible and you bring the left-behind series as your argument? I don't know. But I have a feeling, and I fear, uh, it's it's a better way to put it, I fear that the worse things begin to get throughout the world, the more bitter those clinging to the left-behind series as though it were gospel are going to become. Because whether they want to admit it or not, it does something to you psychologically. When for the longest time you've lived with the expectation of not seeing the things that the Bible says you will see just because you read a series of books back in the 90s. And now it's coming to pass. You're seeing it with your own eyes. And so it's difficult for people. It takes strength to admit that they fell for a lie. It takes strength to admit that they've been deceived. It takes strength to look in the mirror of the word and go, Lord, I repent for having believed something that was not biblical. So, you're going to have wave upon wave of bitter people. And they're going to have to find a target for their anger. They're going to have to find someone to pour their anger upon, and I get the feeling it's going to be the true believers. It's going to be that handful of people who've said for the longest time, don't, don't pack your bags just yet. The Bible tells you what will precede the coming of the Son of Man if the Bible tells you that something will precede the coming of the Son of Man, you have to acknowledge one, one just absolute truth, that the Bible was written for the children of God. And so if that little nugget is in there, then it wasn't meant for the pervert, it wasn't meant for the pederast, it wasn't meant for the pedophile, it wasn't meant for the godless, it wasn't meant for the Satanist, it was meant for the child of God. And if God took the time to say, hey, hey. This is the timeline of when the coming of the Son of Man shall be. Personally, let's just say I would heed the word of God. Because there, there are a lot of people just, just, beside themselves oh look how bad it's gotten are you kidding me it hasn't if this is your definition of bad i don't know how you're gonna cope and all those people that were really looking forward to 2020 being over remember oh thank goodness it's 2021 unicorns and rainbows once more Land of milk and honey shall return henceforth. Uh, what are they pushing now? Double masking and anal swabs. So there's that. Why not five? Look, I have perfect solution. That, that really clingy saran wrap. Get somebody to wrap it around your head like 18 times. No germ getting in there. But, look, and, and even I've had to acknowledge... Being wrong. Because I honestly believe that people in general were smarter than they turned out to be. I've said it. I I, I said I hoped they were. I said I believed they were. But I did. I I did believe that they were smarter than they turned out to be. We're a world full of idiots that deserve whatever's coming down the pike. We're 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 just a mass of seven odd billion buffoons who are content with sitting in their basement in dingy underwear having a pretend girlfriend on OnlyFans and playing video games twenty hours a day. And granted I'm generalizing, but still you see them. It's the young people, it's the under thirties that are walking around looking like they're, you know. About to enter a level 5 toxic environment. Just gloves short of a hazmat suit. That's the up and coming generation. That's who's going to pay your retirement. Still feel good about it? Huh? Still feel good about the future? I know. The phoenix shall rise. And we shall once more ascend. So you have... The the 20 to 30s right now that are just, just complete libidinous, insane, just my feelings mean more than life itself nonsensical fruits. And then coming behind them, you have an entire generation of children who thus far have missed a year of school. who are behind in reading, in arithmetic, and everything else. And it's these kids who are going to sign their name with an X because the teacher didn't want to go back to teaching because she was getting paid for sitting home and enjoying Cosmopolitans at 7 o'clock in the morning. They're going to be the ones responsible for the Social Security and Retirement Fund of the 20 to 30s that are now walking around in hazmat suits that need safe spaces, that need dogs to pet because their anxiety is getting the best of them. Can you imagine any of these people having an actual job where they, you know, get told what to do? Or, Lord forbid, their manager or their boss tells them they didn't do it right. They'll just curl up in the fetal position, suck their thumb and weep, and then go to the nearest lawyer and sue for emotional damage. But I know the phoenix is about to rise from the ashes. Listen to the pink-haired lady. She thus prophesies. Because you know they think it's uh, they they have more uh, authority, more gravitas, if you will. If uh, they prophesy in King James, behold, thus saith the Lord. What does the Lord saith? Well, I shall make you ascend like the phoenix. But but why, Lord? We're still putrid and filthy. Sin still has us enslaved. We're still in shackles. And I'm talking about the church. Pastors are getting pinched for having affairs with 16-year-olds. Spiritual leaders are coming out as non-binary or homosexual or whatever else the, the newest trend is. Transgender. But yes, we shall arise like the phoenix from the ashes. I said it last week. In order for any real progress to be made in in, in Western Christianity, 90% of the churches currently existing need to be raised to the ground. And probably 20% of, of spiritual leaders need to be exposed and go to prison for what they've been doing and what they do. It's a racket, kids. It's a racket. Modern day Christianity is a racket. Anybody that's blingy and shiny... Anybody that wants to sell you your best life, even though you know—never uh, mind, never. I, I'm not gonna see because I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna get angry anymore. I, I did my duty for almost thirty-five years. In March, I'll be forty-six. I started translating for my grandfather when I was 12. No one can ever come to me and say, Hey, you should have told us to repent. Because I did. And my grandfather did until the day God took him home. And so did a handful of other preachers and evangelists in this country. but they were ignored they were marginalized because they weren't hip and cool they were legalistic you remember that word i love that word back in 2000 ish oh you're preaching legalism brother you're trying to scare people into thinking like oh, there's going to be just they're they're going to codify homosexual marriage or something Mhm. Yeah. Legalistic, huh? And I'm not saying there aren't good pastors. There are, but they they're the type that don't have the big churches. They are the type that don't have the million dollar budgets. Because if you consistently admonish people to repent, if you consistently admonish people to turn their back on sin, if you consistently admon- admonish people to to, to live out their faith, Uh, they'll either run away from you or let's just say they will be less than enthusiastic about opening their pocketbook. Let's put it that way. It's, it's, It's sort of like buying indulgences in the old days. You find a preacher that lets you sin, and then you tithe to his ministry. That's the way it works. And anybody that says, hey, you know, God's watching. Oh, you judgmental legalist. How darest thou? I'm leaving. I'm not going to listen to you anymore because you're, you're making my spirit weep. That's no, not your spirit stop your spirit's not weeping it's your flesh weeping at the thought of you giving up porn it's your flesh weeping at the thought of you giving up adultery it's your flesh weeping at the thought of giving up booze or whatever else it is that has you shackled to this earth that that, that has you embroiled in sin to the point that Uh, I'm no see this is what what can I say it's it's a foregone conclusion everything that will happen from this point forward is a foregone conclusion and the only question that is relevant the only question of any import is whether you as an individual not not as a nation anymore but whether you as an individual are ready and prepared for what is coming. And in order to be ready and prepared for what is coming, you need to know what is coming. You need to have a real expectation of the reality of what is about to descend upon the world. Because if you're still living in the land of lollipops and unicorns, if you're still living in the land of phoenix rising from the ashes, you're going to get trampled underfoot. Sorry, that's just the reality of it. Uh, All right, I'm going to sip my delicious beverage from my fart ninja cup. Thank you, John. I know who sent it. And before we go into other things, uh, million-dollar idea of the day. For those of you entrepreneurially minded, be ready. Get a pencil and a pad. Here we go. Today, two ideas. First, don't be woke-tarded on a shirt, just white riding black background. Simple and to the point, but funny. So don't be woke-tarded is the first one. And the second one is don't be cute-hearted. So there you go. You've, you've covered the gamut of 330-odd million people in this country. Because this is, this, is, this is the dividing line apparently now. The woke tarted and the cute tarted. And there's still a handful of people like yours truly that are sitting, scratching their heads going, really? I mean, what, what caused it? What? I, maybe it's what they put in the food. I'm starting to believe those, those MSG people. Because I never thought in my life there were this many dumb people in this country and in the world. Double mask now. CDC will likely come out with "Hey." If two is good, four is better. And what I've noticed, and again, this is people are starting to see what this is. But now that more and more people are are going, eh, you know, it's not that bad. Guess what? Then, then, then the new strain deadlier, more viral, and easier to transmit because they have to keep people in a constant state of fear. Fear makes people malleable. Fear makes people do what they otherwise wouldn't do, and especially this young generation of 30, 35, and under. Can you imagine having to contend with, you name it, World War I, having to contend with World War II, having to contend with the idea of going and, 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 and fighting the Nazis or something, all you have to do is open your eyes and look around before you get on the rising Phoenix bandwagon. And the reason I keep talking about this rising phoenix is because I've gotten like six emails over the past week. Oh, brother, I think you're being a little harsh. I think you're being a little premature in your judgment. It's not judgment. It's a logical conclusion based on fact. Undergirded by biblical principle and what the Word of God says. So... Stop with the premature judgment. You'll see. We're coming back bigger and better and stronger. Are we? Really? With whom? The generation worth anything is dying off. The people that endured the depression, the people that endured World War II, the people that endured rationing, the people that went to war, the people that went to Vietnam, they're dying off. Now all you have is a generation of people who upon first meeting will tell you what their preferred pronouns are. I prefer him, his, their, 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 really. We do not have the requisite people with the requisite backbone, with the requisite vision in this country to rebuild it. Or as the emails have so pompously said, to rise as a phoenix from the ashes. I'm not saying there aren't any at all. There's a handful, but they're in the minority. They're in the very, very minuscule minority. And when you have six people that might have the backbone or might have the vision, trying to get $300 million to say to, to, to see the reality, and every single one of those 300 million is busy hyperventilating into a plastic bag, getting a face tattoo or a septum piercing, or wondering what color of the rainbow they're going to paint their hair next. It's not going to happen. I... But see, this is... This, Look, I don't want to get angry. I, I I've I've promised myself that I will not speak out of anger. Because although it might be entertaining to some of you, it, it's 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 not good for me. So I'm trying to to bite my tongue here. But. Open your eyes. If you're still clinging to this delusion that the phoenix shall ascend from the ashes and once more be glorious, open your Bible a little bit. All right, I want to read these two things to you that, that I published uh, this week because, again, I think they're relevant. And I do believe that They'll, they'll shed a little light on what we can expect going forward as the church. Now, I'm not talking about the compromised church. I'm not talking about those people that are, you know, standing waving rainbow flags as perverts simulate sex acts in front of their kids. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about people that still stand on biblical principle. Because dark days are coming for us. And chances are better than good that the people doing the persecuting will be none other than the aforementioned rainbow flag waivers. Because uh, like, like Reverend Becky last week, or whatever her name was, there's, there's no moral compass there. There's no right and wrong there. Christianity is just a word to them. It's a club they belong to. It's a job for Reverend Katie or Betsy or whatever name she had. It's her job. It was either that or being a barista at Starbucks. And you know what? It's a lot easier standing up on Sunday mornings giving a homily of how abortion is sacred right than steaming your skin to blisters at Starbucks. So, did I, we went off the rails so long ago. The, the moment, the instant shepherding people, the instant being a pastor became a career choice and not a calling. That's, that's when it went off the rails in this country. When given the right look and given the right message, quote-unquote, somebody with no discernible skill could become a millionaire, own mansions and drive half-million-dollar cars, became attainable in this country, then the whole idea of a calling or being called to ministry died. Let's just be realistic. The first article I want to get into is called Tug of War that I wrote Wednesday, February the 10th. Um, And again, if you you think things are going to calm down, mm, again, you're fooling yourself because only going to get worse from here. It's funny how some Christians still believe that the people who are basically advocating for the legalization of bow-hunting toddlers up until they're old enough to dial 911 for themselves have any limits on the depths of depravity to which they will sink. They are naive enough to hope that individuals who have no qualms about dissecting a human baby and selling it for parts as though it were some wrecked car left on the side of the road have any moral compass or self-awareness. What you defend in your day-to-day says a lot more about you than what denomination you belong to or what theological bend you represent. If you defend darkness and death, you will align yourself with them, becoming them. If you uphold light and righteousness, likewise you will align yourself with them. You cannot defend the darkness while being a servant of the light, just as you can't defend the light being a servant of darkness. Truth is stubbornly consistent, and though men might try to twist it, fragment it, or interpret it, it reverts to its original state. The truth is that the servants of darkness today are, as Peter calls them, natural brute beasts, only having one goal, and that is power. It's not as though no one saw this coming, because if you comb through the things I've written, the pattern is undeniably consistent. However, because they know that we know that they know that we know that their positions were not earned but rather stolen, their need to dominate, to silence, and to destroy will only multiply. It's like the guy who's putzing around on a stolen bike in the neighborhood he stole it from. He's always thinking someone's eyeballing him, watching him, calling the cops on him, or is about to chase him down the street yelling about him being a thief. Small people are vindictive people by nature. In their quiet moments of reflection and self-assessment, they acknowledge that they are individuals of no accomplishment, vision, or moral clarity. They are the kind of souls that have never built up anything meaningful, so all they know is how to destroy, how to tear down, how to vilify. They are not content to let the best argument win in the end, because they know they will lose. As such, we can no longer agree to disagree, but if you disagree, you must be banished, demonized, and ultimately destroyed. You must be brought low to the point that you can no longer provide for your family or afford to keep a roof over your head. Even then, at your lowest, they will say you've not suffered nearly enough for the great high crime of questioning the wisdom of prepubescent children being fed hormone blockers like it was candy. In short order, I fear we will learn a handful of indispensable truths that ought to have been self-evident. We will learn how tyrannical small people can be when given power, how policy ought to trump personality insofar as governance is concerned, and how hurt feelings don't hurt nearly as much as an empty belly and an empty wallet. I was getting ready to publish these musings as a disturbing thought came to me. There is no one coming to save us. No allied forces are coming over the hill, and there are no liberating armies ready to tear down the enemy's gates. We were the last of the good guys. We were the last of those willing to sacrifice themselves to rescue strangers in peril. I know how it sounds, but it's the truth. Sooner or later, you'll come to realize it as well. And that's the saddest thing of all, at least to me. It's that we will continue to descend into this dystopia. I, I, I'm waiting for the thought police tribunals to start. People are getting deplatformed and fired and destroyed for wrong think. So as long as you agree with the perverts and the pederasts and the people that are just doing everything they can to destroy morality as we know it, goodness as we know it, nobility as we know it. As long as you agree with them, you're okay. They'll let you live for now. And most people are so scared that they're either going to lose their jobs or they're going to lose their place in society that they're biting their tongue and keeping silent even though they're seeing how crazy things are getting. It doesn't matter if you stay quiet. Eventually, you will do something to earn their ire. Now, microaggressions are a thing. And anyone that knows me knows that I can't control my facial tics very well. I was uh, at a conference in California a couple of years ago. And uh, I... There was a discussion going on about, you know, black holes and aliens and, you know, things that Christians are into nowadays. Because why talk about Jesus? That's so 1930s. Why talk about salvation or repentance? Why talk about, you know, prophecy that's contained within the Bible? No, man, we got to talk about aliens and 5G and black holes. So, I apparently, uh, without my knowledge, I sort of rolled my eyes as someone was getting real deep into aliens and black holes and how, I, whatever. You know, God bless everyone. However,. I rolled my eyes, and at the Q and A, somebody got up and he goes, uh, "Yeah, you know, I, I watch faces a lot, and you kind of rolled your eyes when he was talking about this stuff." And, and I had to explain. Look, I'm a Jesus guy. This is, I believe me. Uh, during my morning constitutions, I could come up with more plausible theories than some of the things that I've heard at some of these conferences with the black holes and engineered aliens and all this stuff. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. If your relationship with Christ is not well established, if you don't know how to walk by faith, if you've not entrusted your life and the life of those you love into his capable hands. Look, I have an imagination... I, I'm not going to pretend modesty and be coy and go, oh, I'm not good at anything. I can succeed at pretty much anything I put my mind to. I can be very good when I want to be very good. And so the idea that I can't come up with, oh, the mole people of, of Alien Starship 5 came through the black hole, and now the pod people and the lizards are ruling America, and soon the UN is going to come and take over because they're the Lord Lizards. Stop Stop. When, when did Christianity turn into a sci-fi conference? Because now I'm getting angry. When did Christianity turn into a sci-fi conference? Well next, next, next thing I see what, I'll go to a conference and somebody will be in, in what a, a Star Wars Leotard or a Star Trek Leotard. Without what you do in your own time, that's perfectly fine. But we can't can't take something that was meant to be spiritual sucker for people, like a spiritually oriented conference, and turn it into a sci-fi bash. We need to grow up. We need to understand the times and the seasons. As mature believers, we need to understand what it is we are living through. And I want to read one snippet of... It's actually two paragraphs of something I wrote five years ago, maybe. Maybe even longer than that. Because uh, I, I, I'm i getting back to finishing uh, my series on prayer. I know, it's been a while, but I... It, the the third book is basically 80% done, uh, and I started going through it just you know um, tweaking it a little bit uh, hopefully it'll be done by summer uh, and then uh, there's two more volumes to follow, there are uh, the prayers of Christ and the prayers of Paul the Apostle uh, and, and those are within the prayers of the New Testament but uh, this is and this might illuminate some who are are still dubious as to how what happened in this country could have happened and it was within the context of Solomon's life and his prayers that this passage is in the book Solomon realized instinctively what Paul would later verbalize in his letter to the Romans that there is no authority except God, and God appoints the authorities that exist. Whether to bless a nation or judge a nation, God appoints its authorities, its rulers and its kings. As creatures limited in understanding, oftentimes we do not perceive or understand God's plan in the appointment of a particular leader or a specific authority. One of the most common reasons we cannot see God's plan is due to the underlying assumption that the leader or authority was appointed for our blessing rather than our judgment. We want to believe that God will bless us despite ourselves, but his word confirms the contrary. When we open our eyes to the reality that God establishes rulers to both bless and judge, we come to understand why certain men are in power in certain nations. And I think that encapsulates what this nation is experiencing uh, to a T. It's not always to bless a nation that God appoints a ruler. Sometimes a ruler is appointed to judge a nation. Tell me which one Mr. Robinette is. Hmm? Seeing everything that has occurred over the last three weeks, which isn't that long a time when you think about it. Tell me, was it for our blessing or was it for our judgment? So the next time you want to get, about, get excited about rising phoenixes, or is it phoenix-i? And remember that one truth. Sometimes God appoints an authority to judge a nation rather than to bless it. Now, there's a difference between a nation and an individual living in a nation. I'm still here. People are flabbergasted that I'm still here. Where am I going to go? God can protect me here as readily as he can protect me in Papua New Guinea or any other place that I may be allowed to fly to without getting an anal swab. So the individual must understand that God is able to protect them even in the midst of chaos if they know God as Father and if God knows them as son or daughter. And with that, I'm sorry I wasn't able to take any of your questions. I promise next week I will uh, leave a a nice stretch of time wherein we'll be able to answer your questions because apparently you're sending them in. But for now, thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, Mike, uh, thank you. Next week, as Mike said, we'll do questions, and we do have a few. Uh, I really would like to urge you to consider the Through the Fire Without Burning book, because, as Mike said, God brought several people to America to warn our country and please consider, if you have not read the book, ordering it through andofelk.com. Also, 35 Dreams and Visions of the Holy Spirit, uh, given to Demetri Dudeman, very powerful. Uh, we have that, t- that you could order, and a host of other videos and tapes. Uh, really, this is the time to get the word out. We also have tracks, Wake Up America track. Um, Mike has a powerful book, Called The Bad Already Believer A great devotional 360 devotions So we just encourage you to Take time to go to the website And order a book, video Wake Up America DVD And if you have one Get an extra one to give a friend Thank you so much for um, Listening to The Light of Truth broadcast Thank you for listening to today's Broadcast The Light of Truth Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. Thank you, Mike. I'll have questions ready for you.